Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. Our guest today is our friend Ashley Balza, a wife, mom of seven, grandma, entrepreneur, and certified skincare specialist. Ashley realized not very long ago that she needed to make sure that she's taking care of herself, not just to look youthful, but also for her physical and mental health. For a long time, she put the needs of everyone else above her own, and just a few years ago, when she became very sick after the birth of her sixth baby, she almost lost her life because of it. After that, she knew something needed to, be, to change, and that's what led her to the path of self-care, in her case, by becoming a direct sales independent consultant in skincare. And that journey led her to rediscover who she is and has become far more for her than selling skincare products. It has led to friendships, self-development, personal growth, and most of all, connection. Welcome, Ashley. Hello, everybody. Welcome, Ashley. Welcome. Ashley, this is wonderful. Like we talked about before we started recording, I know nothing about you. (laughs) Except for at the homeschool mom hiatus. hiatus. That was the big word we're looking for. So this is a delight. The fact that you're a grandma Whoa. (laughs) And, but tell us about your family. What led you to homeschooling? You know, all these little things. Tell us all the deets. So my husband and I were foster parents for many years. um, And that was before we started a family of our own. And we always had like a a desire of, we need to homeschool. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to put our kids in public school. Our foster son had been in the public education system and I saw the things that had happened there. And I'm just like, yeah, that's not happening for our kids. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I want to be in control of what their education is, what they're learning, making sure that it's useful and applicable to everyday life. Um, And that's where that had, that had started. We never had this set, um, amount of kids that we wanted to have. It was just, if it happens, it happens. Mm -hmm. Um, but after baby number six, it was, okay, we're done. We, (laughs) we made that decision of, okay, we're done. Um, and At that time, we had already adopted our foster son after he had aged out of foster care. So that was before Ah. baby six came. So he was 18 when you adopted him. Yes. Yeah. He was an adult at that point. Um, We had, so we had five and then we adopted him and then I ended up having Joshua. And yeah, that's when, when it came to the point of, yep, we're done. All finished. And we'll get through that a little bit more. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And Gary had always had this desire to start a business. And he did that in 2020 outside of, you know, working a full-time job. Mm. And I was still home with the kids, had been since 2009 when we started foster care. So I've been home for a long time. So going Mm -hmm. back into the workforce for me is kind of like, "Mm, 
I don't want somebody else raising our kids. <laughs> right. And, you know, especially with the homeschool aspect. So when he started the business, I was very much against it. Mm. I, you know, I was a squasher of his dreams. I really was. Mm. Um, and he started it and I was mad. I really <laughs> was. Um, but it has been such a blessing to be able to integrate this into the kids homeschool life as well. Yeah. Uh, they're able to go on jobs with him and yeah. Tell us what he does. Actually. He, I know, but he, he is <laughs> yeah. in the construction I, industry. I kind of know. He was yes. at my house installing a dishwasher last year. So yes. oh, this yes. is the guy that installed the dishwasher. Yes. Oh. So he, d he's in the construction industry. Yeah. So we do remodels and property maintenance things, you know, like if you got ceiling tiles that have water damage, he replaces that, does flooring. I mean, he does a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's been a great blessing to be able to allow the kids to go, like especially the older boys, to go on jobs with him, to learn that yeah. that um trades industry. Yeah. So we tell them, you know, you don't have to go to college if you don't want to go to college you have, we're creating this foundation. This is college kids. Yeah. <laughs> like we're creating this yeah, foundation in for college, you right? to be able to carry this on if you so, so choose. And it, it's just, it's a different life. It really, yeah. really is. Um, since then he has left working full-time, mm. um, and has now gone into full-time business. We've oh, been, okay. we are at day like 503. I have been keeping track. <laughs> I have been keeping track of how many days we have been in business full-time. Wow. And that was a scary leap. It, oh, I bet. it really oh, yeah. was yeah. because we had that security of, sure. okay, you know, you get paid every week, you've got insurance, you've got this, you've got that. And then he made the decision of I'm done. I yeah. can't do both. So yeah. we took the leap and holy man, was wow. I terrified yeah. of that. But you that's know, good. We yeah. did it. We did that same leap. Same thing. It's My husband's scary. a real estate appraiser. Same exact. Yep. This was it. I, I was behind him. I was like, yes, you need to do this. You're so smart. You should do it. You should do it. Unlike you, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until the day came when we were sitting at Olive Garden and he told me he quit his job. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you quit your job? How are we? But it's true, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and we, it was so funny because when we relocated our son, Glenn, from, because he's in the Marine Corps. So when we relocated him from California to North Carolina, on our way home, we were having the conversation um, because the whole time we were on vacation, he was attached to his phone. He was in meetings all mm. the time. And he was like, this is not vacation for me. Yeah. Like I'm stressed. All yeah. this stuff is blowing up. I'm not at the, you know, like I can't do this. Yeah. So when we were on our way home, we were having the conversation. Okay, go back, have a meeting and figure out, okay, what needs to be done? Like what's going on? And I said, if you're not happy with the results of that meeting, then of course, you know, put in your resignation, you know, we'll mm -hmm. talk about that next step. And all of a sudden he gets back to work from vacation and he sends me a text message and I get up the next, that morning and I check my phone and he's like, I put in my resignation <gasps> today. Oh no. I was like, 
you did what? <laughs> like I was freaking out. I was like, oh man, yeah. are you serious right now? Oh, I cannot yeah, believe right? you just did that. Like, wait a minute, time out. Yeah. What happened to these steps prior to yeah. this? And yeah, I was, you know, and he gave them like a 30 day kind <clears throat> of window. And it was, it was more so, okay, we got 30 days. Like we can talk this out, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a thing, but oh man, it was, it Big was, step. it was a huge step. Cause yeah. I was like, okay, are we ready for this? It's sink yeah. or swing swim time. So that's yeah. what we did. And, and here you are. I know here. So I good. Am. Not looking back at this point. No, no. no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen your pictures on Facebook. You got a whole like, you know, truck kind of thing. Yeah. And you're, you're standing there in the pictures with him. So you guys are in you're it on to board, win it. right? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, and we have, I tell him every time I pull in now or the crew is kind of around and I'm just like, it looks like a used car lot here. <laughs> there's two trailers, there's trucks, there's all this stuff. And I'm just like, holy <laughs> man, you know, but that is busy. Uh, it is busy. He's yeah. still doing some outside work right now. Today they were outside oh, and like it's so cold. And Wednesday he's got to go up to Long Lake, oh, like yeah. close to Michigan and do yeah. outside work. And yeah, I still and we're expecting like, snow just for the listeners to yeah, yeah. get a clue on that. Oh, yes, so, we yeah. are. Yeah. And there's Walking already snow in a winter there. wonderland. <laughs> yes. I told him, I'm like, you better bundle up, buttercup, because it's yeah. going to be chilly for uh, you. Put your insulated pants on because <laughs> you're going to be cold. Uh. Well, all right, let's back it up a little bit. How listeners, you cannot see Ashley, but she's a very, very young woman. Yep. How are you a grandma? (laughs) Yeah. So when Glenn, oh my goodness. It's okay. We're going to let that listeners, do you hear that choo-choo train sound in the background? That's Ashley's phone. Yeah. My kids turned it on. They (laughs) did. And I didn't even know they turned it on. Um, But so when Glenn relocated from North Car- or from California to North Carolina, he relocated with his his wife uh-huh. and uh, their son. So that's how I'm a grandma. Yeah. When we adopted him um, at age 18, and he got married in 2020 before the world shut down. <laughs> so I was very thankful that that happened before, like you know, the world yeah. came. My daughter got down. married in the middle of it. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So we were able to attend that. And she went out to California shortly after the wedding and got pregnant right away. And all of a sudden she had texted me and she's like, is this positive? And I said, it absolutely is. Um, And she had a friend that actually made like a onesie and everything. So when he came home from work one day. I told her, I'm like, you need to videotape this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she showed him or gave him the onesie and he opened it and it was a whole thing. It was so Aww. adorable. Uh, but yes, our grandson, Grayson, he's going to be two in December. So mm-hmm. a couple weeks, he'll be two. Um, yep. He came right before Christmas. So it was, it was Aww. good. It's great. Very cool. Yeah. So you are one busy woman. I am <laughs> very busy, very busy. Wow. So Can you think back to before your youngest was born? Because his birth was kind of a turning point for you personally, right? Which we'll get into. Um, And so Gary was still working for the company and all of that. Um, Can you kind of give us a picture of your life before all that, all the busyness and all of that when you weren't taking care of yourself, I guess? So before baby number six um, came, It was more of, yeah, I'll shower 
it'll be every couple days, you know, like it wasn't like, it wasn't this, I'm going to pour into me kind of a moment. Um, I was tired. I was exhausted. You had five kids at that point and you're five taking kids. care of an adult. Son yes. Yeah. Yep. Five kids and just drained out. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't a lot of time, if you will, for marriage. Mm-hmm. It was the kids are first and it was, it was, it was tension. Um, and even, even before I would say after the third baby, that was a hard transition from me from two to three, Gary and I had a rocky marriage Mm -hmm. and it was because there was no, you know, I'm doing all of this. He was gone all the time for work. He was doing side work at that time because it was before business. So he was gone all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can remember countless times. And at that time we still had our oldest because he was still in foster care. You know, I can remember countless times going into rants because it's like, I'm doing all this stuff here at home. Nobody is helping. And, you know, it, it just cycled into that. And I did develop some baby blues after baby number three. So I can remember just standing in the shower and just crying, Mm. you know, and that was very unusual for me. I knew my hormones were plummeted and it just, it wasn't putting my health in a priority level. It was the kids, you know, between nursing and taking care of them. And it was two kids under the age of, of two at that time. And just, it was just a going on and on and it was tiresome. Yeah. And then once I had Joshua and then got sick, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, no, yeah. I, I draw the line. I'm done now. Yeah. Like I need to prioritize myself yeah. at this point. And can you tell us yeah. about that getting sick thing? So, I remember it a little bit, but yeah. I, you need to share the details because right. I don't even know. So when I was pregnant with Joshua towards the end, I was, I had gained the most weight with Joshua because I wasn't sick in the beginning. All of my other pregnancies, I had morning sickness, like you wouldn't believe. And I always lost 20 pounds. Mm. Well, because I wasn't sick this time, I had gained 20 plus pounds um, with him. So towards the end, you're short of breath. You've got a human growing and <laughs> you just think, OK, this is, you know, it's pelvic normal. muscles are failing. Right. Like you <laughs> this just is your think, sixth child. Yeah, so you just stuff, think, right? you just yeah. think, OK, this is normal, you know, whatever. And I had a home birth. My last three births were all home births. Mm. So I had a home birth. Everything was great. He was born on a Tuesday. On Friday, I was going grocery shopping and cleaning up the house and like, you know, doing mom things because it's baby number six. Like, you know, you don't you don't think about taking, you know, off time because he was still working and had to get back to work and and the house needed to be taken care of. So. That Friday had gone grocery shopping by Saturday. We were looking for a printer because our printer had died and we needed to print something. I don't even remember what it was, but I'm like, we need a printer. So we're looking for a printer and we were in Costco and I was like, oh, I don't feel good. Like I overdid it, you know, okay, just 
I need to go home and sleep. Well, then I contacted the midwife and she's like, well, do you have a fever? And I was like, no, I don't think so. And then we got home and I took my temperature and I had like a temp of like a hundred. I think it was, it was something like that. And she's like, well, if it reaches a certain degree, I want you to go into the emergency room thinking, okay, maybe there was something left after birth, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And it never got above a hundred, but I just felt like I had the flu. Mm -hmm. And then other symptoms had started and it was getting to a point where it was becoming hard for me to breathe. Mm -hmm. Like I'd lay in bed and I'm just like, my heart is racing, almost like you're having a panic attack kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I would have to just lay there and try to calm my mind down to like slow my breathing so I could sleep. Mm -hmm. And I had all of these like symptoms of, and I'm going to be real here. I had diarrhea really bad and I couldn't get out of bed. It was reaching a point where I couldn't get out of bed without feeling like I was going to black out. Mm-hmm. We had to contact the um, aging and disability um, resource place here in town. And we had to rent a bedside commode. I couldn't get out of bed. Okay. I was so incredibly sick Mm -hmm. and this had gone on for a week. And then I had, I had talked and I was in contact with the midwife the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then Gary was at work. It was a Friday morning. And I said to Isaiah, my second son, I'm like, can you go get me that banana on the counter? Like I needed to eat. Mm -hmm. So he came back with the banana. It was in a plastic bag because I think one of the kids busted the stem off. (laughs) So I took it out of the bag and then I threw up Mm. and I, I called Gary at work. I'm like, you need to come home. I don't feel safe with the kids. Mm -hmm. I can't get out of bed. I'm throwing up now. Like you need to take me to the emergency room. And for me to ask to go to the emergency room is a huge thing because I won't do it. I mean, you had home births. You're not going to be a hospital. No, I won't do it. So I had, I had, he took me in and they'd ran some tests and they're like, it's just a virus. You're going to have to like, just push through it. Your elevated white blood cell count, you know, is like 13,000, but no, we're not going to do any further testing. Mm. We're not going to admit you anything like that. Okay, so I go home and another week goes by. Oh, my gosh. And I'm still like, I can't get out of bed. I'm weak. Mm. I hardly have mm. any energy, no desire to you know, clean the house, like nothing. Yeah. Moving from the bed to the couch was about as, as far as I could go. Oh, my gosh. And the diarrhea, thankfully, had stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was just like. I'm going to pass out. Mm. I could hardly get in the shower. Mm -hmm. I still had this weird random fever and okay, just kept going. Then it became, I can't breathe. Mm. Like it was getting hard to breathe. Yeah. And the day that I went into the hospital, we brought Joshua in to get his lip and tongue tie lasered Mm -hmm. and we got home and my friend Ashley had brought us dinner And she's like, I don't like how you're breathing. Mm -hmm. Like she could just tell something was off and I was so like just out of it. And then a little while later she had left and all of a sudden I got really hot and I'm Mm -hmm. like, turn on the air conditioning. Like this is July at this point, (laughs) like turn on 
the air conditioning. Now you're pregnant at this point. No, I had already. Oh, had you given had birth. you had given birth. Okay, yep. okay. And I'm like, you need to turn on the air. And he goes, it is on. It's like 60 degrees in oh here. I said, it does not feel like the air conditioning is on at all. Right. Like something is wrong. I'm like, get me ice packs. Oh, and I'm like yeah. yelling. Wow. I'm like, get me ice packs. So put ice packs on. I get in touch with Ashley. I said, can you come back and watch the kids? Well, Gary brings me back to the emergency room. <sighs> so he brings me back in. They run all these tests. They do CT scans. And I mean, in the course of this time, I was taking supplements and herbals and I I was doing the things like if there's some kind of weird infection, like something should be kicking in. Sure. But he took me back in. They did CT scans and heart and I was on oxygen. My O2 levels were in the 60s oh when gosh. I got in there. Wow. They were like, you're running a marathon sitting down. Wow. What is going on? Well, come to find out at first they thought I had like pneumonia or something. They didn't know what it was. So they were going to put me on heavy doses of antibiotics. They admitted me into the ICU and they're like, we need to do, you've got fluid. We need to do a fluid culture and you're going to work with the pulmonologist. Fluid around your heart. Yeah. It was filling my body. Well, He tried doing a, a a draw from my back at like two o'clock in the morning. He couldn't get any fluid. He stuck me in the back. I don't even know how many times trying to draw fluid. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get anything out because it was so yep. thick. Yep. So uh. they had to send me into um, the specialist to get chest tubes put in. Mm-hmm. So I had two chest tubes placed, one on each side to drain fluid. And these like, Fluid, they hold what, like 500 cc's of fluid or whatever the canisters. Right. They had to change both like two different times because there was so much fluid throughout my body. They cultured it and it came back that somehow I developed a strep A bacterial infection Mm. and it had gone septic. They were surprised that I was still, that I went that long. Um, And after that, they were able to target for antibiotics, but I do have allergies to certain antibiotics. So they had to be specific. And I was in the hospital for a total of 10 days. I went home uh, with a pick line and I had to administer my own antibiotics at home for another two weeks and had in-home nursing come doing lab draws when they removed my pick line and did labs, it came back that it depleted my leukocytes. So then after I was done with my antibiotics, my fever came back. Mm. So I had to go back into the hospital because my um, infectious disease doctor was like, we can't take that chance. You have to be readmitted. I'm like, oh, you've got to be joking me. Yeah. Wow, Ashley. Yeah. So I went back in for three more days. And they ended up having to do a stomach draw because there was a pocket that developed around my liver and it had walled off. They weren't sure if it was from the original infection or if it was something new. Mm -hmm. So they had to do some kind of draw by my liver. That was the most painful thing I have ever had done. I told doctors I would rather give birth unmedicated (sighs) six times over than ever have that done again. Wow. Because when he did that draw, I I could feel everything. Mm -hmm. They didn't numb it. 
Uh, like they did, but it didn't take, I don't think. And wow. I feel like he hit every nerve in my spine and I had side effects after that. Yeah. And I still do like my ribs still hurt after the chest tubes. If I yawn the wrong way or cough or sneeze, I still have pain in my ribs, but that stomach draw, it would give me like nerving sensations. Like it almost like when your bladder is too full and you oh, yeah. get like that tingly yeah. sensation, it right. would happen from my diaphragm down to like my pelvic bone. Mm -hmm. And I would have to walk all hunched over before I could truly straighten out to walk because I don't know what happened when he did that, but oh, mm -hmm. it was awful. Mm -hmm. So after I got home, after that three day stint, oh gosh, everything was okay. Like I went back in, mm -hmm. got my, you know, labs done and everything. And they said, okay, you're good to go. It was just like a pocket of, you know, fluid that had walled itself off. It wasn't an infection. They just, they're like, you're a mystery. And in medicine, you don't want to be a mystery. They no. don't know how I developed the, the infection. They think I had it while I was still pregnant. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, Joshua had no side effects of anything. And yeah, it was a very, very scary time. Like yeah. I can remember collapsing on the floor with Gary and we were just crying and in prayer of like, we don't know what's going on. Right. Like, this is scary. Oh it was so I scary. Mean, to say the least. Yeah. yeah. So that's what really got me on that journey of something has to change. Yeah. I it was need a to, light bulb moment on steroids. Yeah. Not to I have play to play off your <laughs> Yeah. Pretty <laughs> much. Mean, it seems like, I wow. Mean, I mean, if that's not a wake up call, I don't know what is. Yes. Right? So it really got me of, I need to be taking care of me, whatever that looks like. It needs to be a priority because this can't happen again. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So how did that lead into this entrepreneurship thing? And how did you know what to do for yeah, self-care yeah. and yeah. do all of that? Let's talk about that. What, you, what your choices were? Well, there. when I, so before I had gotten sick, I had started using an aloe based product line. Um, I had had like some weird eczema breakout on my hand and was trying all the things. Nothing was working. And I had started using these products and I was like, okay. So I knew that they had worked and I had started dabbling in like the skincare when I had gotten sick. And then after I had gotten sick, I had a party and the hose or the, um, the lady that put it on for me, she was like, would you be interested in doing this? for a business, like making some extra income. And I was like, right now, that's the furthest thing from my mind. <laughs> like I wanted, I wanted things, to, right? but yeah. I, you know, I was yeah. tossing the idea around, but I'm like, I sure. just need to recover. Like yeah. I'm still in the recovery phase. I can't be doing that right now. Um, and then we had gone for Thanksgiving. It's almost four years now mm -hmm. since I started, but we had gone down to my brother-in-law's in Kentucky for Thanksgiving. And I looked at my sister-in-law and I said to her, you know what? I'm going to do it. Mm. And I had asked Gary about it and he was just like, no, mm. like he, cause he had from our past, we had done kind of direct sales before yeah. and he had kind of a sour taste in his mouth. So he was just like, no. And I was like, 
I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> so I did. Well, and, and at this point, he's still working his regular job. Yeah. He's not in his own business, all no, of that. So that tension not, and all of right, that is yeah. going on. So I started. Way and, to back it up, Tina. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I had started in with this company being in direct sales and it grew quickly. At first I had zero desire to do that whole, like, I'm going to build a team and and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I just wanted the products at a discount and it That's just how it kind starts of, with everybody. It, yeah, really it kind of, yeah. it kind of just fell into, okay, now I've got a team and now I've promoted and now I've given myself a pay raise. And, you know, while it's not like this big, massive thing because of the season of life I'm in, it more turned into this is getting me out of the house. Mm -hmm. This is getting me connected with other women. This Mm -hmm. is building friendships and, and giving me stuff. Yeah. Something for me, but it put me into this, this moment of now I get to self grow. Mm. Like it put me back into that mindset of I can grow me. Mm-hmm. And and change that self-development um, mm-hmm. because I enjoyed that portion of the direct, you know, of the self-development that we had when we were in direct sales prior in the conferences and in that that friendship in that just this is a different world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really, really changed things for me. And. Gary could see that while he didn't necessarily like it all the time because he was like, well, I get home from work and, you know, you're locked in the bedroom and like there was still that tension. But at the same time, it was like, I need this for me. I need everybody to just leave me alone for like an hour. Just go away (laughs) in true transparency, because it was like I'm with them all the time. Yeah. Now you get to step right. in. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it it led to that. Mm-hmm. And now it's more so I can do it anywhere from my phone. I don't have to be tied to the computer or the desk or I just go about my day. I'm on social media because that's where I grow my business. I don't do a lot of in-home stuff. And I never did just because of the season I am in. Right. So I do a lot of my business growth via Facebook or Instagram or, you know, just that social yeah. media aspect. And I love that piece. I can be virtual. I don't have to be in somebody's house. Yeah. Granted, I love to be in person, but it doesn't always work that way. Mm-hmm. So it just gave me an outlet. It gave mm-hmm. me something for me and to be able to teach women, if you don't take time for you, whether it's self-care with your skincare or body care, whatever it is, if you don't take that time to do it, your body won't give you an option. Mm-hmm. It will force you to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're empty, yes, God can fill you back up, but you still have to take that action to taking care of yourself. Right. And There is a lot of discrepancy where just simple day-to-day hygiene tasks aren't viewed as self-care. Like that should be, you know, uh, it's not a luxury item, Uh but in my mind, when moms can take that 15 minutes by themselves, draw a bath, take a hot shower. Yes, it's basic human care. Yeah. 
But so many times when we become mom, we push it aside. Yeah. We don't put it in the forefront of we need to be doing these things. And that's what I like to teach women. Mm-hmm. Prioritize you so you can pour out to everybody else. Because mm-hmm. when you're not prioritizing you, you are drained. Mm-hmm. You're exhausted. You're short with everybody. Yeah. And it just. Yeah. And moms will run themselves. You're right. Just like you. Right. I mean, just right until way far after the e-needle. And, you know, I I always say you don't even know uh, just this mom that I was meeting with before this. Oftentimes you don't even know that you're um, irrational until you actually leave. You're, you're in a state of psychoticness and for your kid, right? And that's true. And, and you don't even know how irrational you're being. And I mean, thinking about how much just a stress, a mind stress mm-hmm. stresses your body out so much. It's yep. critical. Those things. Yeah. Well, so, okay. Some people would say, well, Ashley, if you just wouldn't homeschool, put your kids in school all day long, oh, you would have lots of time to take care of yourself. And so, and, that, and they would use that as an excuse to not homeschool. I need to take care of myself. Ashley says I need to. <laughs> so I have to put my kids in school. What would you say to that? I would say that's a bad idea. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and not so much like because it's the public school system, but it's more so your kids need to see you prioritizing you. Hmm. And not even that aspect. But if I were to put my kids in public school, then I'd have to put the other ones in daycare. And then I would have to go get a job to pay for daycare. Yeah. So what would be the point? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so often like Gary and I have talked about, okay, do I need to go get a part-time job Mm -hmm. to offset and try to be passing ships in the wind because you'll be working during the day and then I'll get something at night. So then we don't have to put the kids in daycare. But then again, what's the point? Because then I'm going to pay to put gas in my vehicle because it's going to be a part-time job. But your kids need to see you sometimes at your worst Mm. and then at your best. That's right. And seeing how you handle those Mm. situations and taking care of yourself. There are so many times now I lock myself in the bathroom and I take the keys. Like (laughs) even before I came tonight, I literally locked the bathroom door. I'm taking a shower. (laughs) I've been battling and it's gone now, but I was battling a migraine today. And I Mm. feel like the kids intensify their loudness (laughs) when you have a headache. Let's scream. Let's see how loud we can scream today (laughs) when mom says she has a headache. And I lock that bathroom door. I splash some eucalyptus oil in the shower and I just let the hot Mm. water run on my head. And I was like, and I heard somebody knock at the door. And all I said was no, that was the only knock I heard the rest of the show. This is a great entry into this next question. So maybe you answered it. How have you been able to keep homeschooling well as you've been living a more balanced life? Because the kids are still there. Yes, (laughs) the kids are still there. Uh, We more do that unschool approach. So it's really just living that everyday life. If we're cooking or, you know, we don't necessarily focus a lot on the book work piece. It's more, let's make a meal. Let's pull out a recipe. You know, uh, today when we were driving with Isaiah, 
we were on the way to his orthodontist appointment and we were talking about semis and the importance of leaving distance between semis mm-hmm. and why you should leave distance mm-hmm. between semis. Yeah. And, and just, you know, then talking about, okay, if that semi has to slam on their brakes and they're going 65 miles an hour and all of the load that they're carrying is traveling at the 65 miles an hour for them to stop, mm-hmm. you know, and we're just living life, yes. having conversation and not making it about mm-hmm. sit and just do school, mm-hmm. be yeah. quiet, right? put your head in the book. And I told him, I said, we want you to be learning your entire life. Mm-hmm. If there is something that you're interested in learning more about, then watch YouTube videos on it. Watch, mm-hmm. you know, this video, go to Google, pick up a book. Yeah. Mm-hmm not focused on learning this specific topic at this specific time. That's a very hard, um, we get this as we sit here. We do have parents who they don't know that it's so difficult for them to comprehend. And, um, I don't know how, how many times, even before you came in, I was telling Tina, right. It's not, it's not tangible for them. And unless we go, you know, train up their kids for them, (laughs) you just watch me girl sit down. And I want you to pay attention to how this is going to work because we've been indoctrinated so much to think there has to be a book. We, we cannot do anything unless it's going to be a long period of us sitting. And they can't comprehend it. How that sprinkling in is natural and it's not it's not stoppable. And that's how joy happens. That's how we get this joy in learning. We talk so much about how do we get joy in learning? Well, if all of your life is learning with your family, you don't even know that it's learning. It just Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so there's no differentiating that. So that's wonderful. Yes. And, and I actually had a conversation with a, a friend this morning. I told her, I said, you know, when I see posts on Facebook about those that are homeschooling and their kids are doing this and they're doing this, it, puts it into my head of I'm not doing enough. And I know we've talked about mm-hmm. that before. Yes. And that mom guilt starts to Always. set in. But then it's, it's, wait a minute. My kids are learning exactly what they need to yes. learn at the exact moment yeah. they need to learn it. So what if my kid is going to be 10 years old or 11 years old and he's not doing division yet? Maybe he's not mentally ready for it yet. Right. And, or he's not reading quite yet. So what? He'll get it when he's fully capable of understanding what he's reading. Mm -hmm. And one day he's just going to pick it up and read it. Like my oldest did that. We would push to read and it's, it kind of makes me chuckle because he'll pick up the Bible and start reading Genesis and get some of these really complex words, but he'll struggle with a sight word like the or Mm -hmm. that. And I'm like, how did you get? Philistines or like this <laughs> Abimelech, right, exactly. like, right? Like this interesting word that's in the Bible, but you're struggling with a sight word. Yeah. So it's, I just kind of, you know, back off. And quite honestly, after the, um, after the mom hiatus, how we were talking about the whole behind thing. And one of the nights I was doing laundry and my head was stuck in the washing machine and I could hear Gary <laughs> Telling the kids, if you were in public school, you would be behind right now. And I thought, what did you just do? And I love my husband. I really do. And he 
has that school yeah, school way process. of thinking. Sure. Yeah, sometimes. So it was like, oh, why? It's not called indoctrination. For, it was I mean, like, shine the light on indoctrination for a minute. That's what it looks like. Well-intentioned, mm-hmm. fearful. Yeah. And I was like, oh, why did you say that? Yeah. And I just, I just kept my mouth shut. Yeah. I didn't say anything because yeah. I was like, they'll yeah. get it. They will get it. And him and I had this conversation not that long ago of the whole homeschooling piece. And I don't even remember what I all said, but he was like, yep, you know, we just, we live life. We do what we need to do. You know, we can take a two week vacation and they, we don't have to bring all the books with because I've done that and then they don't do any of it. (laughs) So let's just live life on vacation and tour places yeah. and, and see the things and just well, what's be. laughable about all of this indoctrination <laughs> thing is just that we we as the parents. Okay. We we're, we do it every day. We have no clue what's going on half the time yet. Here we are doing it ourselves, but fearful that it, it's not possible when somebody else does it. You ask anybody how in the world I remember asking Becky Schomer, this is, Cause at one point I was in the music ministry before I even knew them well and did kids ministry. But I remember thinking about this fine arts thing. How, how, how do you do this? I mean, you must do sit down and you have all these. And she's like, we have no idea. We're just winging it. I mean, that's the reality. <laughs> yes. We learn as we go. Yeah. And maybe that's what we need to change it to. Mm. Right. We are always as humans learning as we go and that's all. Ashley's phone makes all the work. She has the train. She has it's the dings. Just, now, what is that? The ring? I, no, that was the train. It was a text message. And I don't know who's bothering oh, me because my husband knows that yeah. I'm here. I think it's fitting. I mean, let's <laughs> leave. Bring that over here right on the thing. No. Right on there, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I Yes. You know, you guys both hit on it, the mom guilt, right? Yes. Moms always have guilt. We're not doing enough. And I think that that... I'm going to use my analogy again. We, homeschool moms have it on steroids, right? Yeah. Because not only are we responsible for these little people, but we're responsible for their intelligence too, yeah. right? It's that added piece. We're not outsourcing it. So how do we get, how do we get over that, that, that guilt that is not warranted? <laughs> oh, we got nothing for it. <laughs> no, no. Well, and it's funny because my daughter-in-law said to me yesterday, she goes, when do they stop being so horrible? Because like, so my grandson, he, she said, I had this jar with all these art supplies kind of in it and he dumped it out and he put these little pom-pom balls in it. Well, then he couldn't get the pom-pom balls out. So he chucked the jar across the room and shattered it. Mm. And I I said to her, I'm like, well, when you figure that out, you let me know because (laughs) I got five boys and these boys are so destructive Mm. and don't tell me that I'm about ready to have a grandson. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And maybe just one is a completely different story. But when you put multiple together, oh my goodness, they are, they break everything. Mm -hmm. And I, Gary and I say to each other all the time, like, this is why we can't have nice things. (laughs) Like they color on the walls. They're intense. Boys are intense. They are very intense. I mean, we're not trying to put anybody in a box, but let's just say, and we say this and our son, I mean, he's 21 now. Well, I mean, he's still intense with like, you know, no, we love you so much. I know that you, (laughs) here's the thing though. We find the difference between like Madeline and Noah or us. We joke about this all the time because it'll be just like the, anything, pick it. (laughs) Right. It's just right. But yet, isn't it when we take off, because what is the answer? 
what is the answer to that, that guilt thing, waiting. right? <laughs> I don't even know so much as maybe, and I don't know that this is an answer. It is just letting go of this. It's because there's some un, unforeseen expectation. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, this thing that doesn't, it's non-existent, yeah. but we create this in our head, which causes us to then, uh, we're comparing is yeah. what we are without even saying it out loud. Somewhere there's comparison. Somewhere we've dropped the ball. Somewhere, surely we fall short. I'm pretty sure it's social media and all the images well, we see. You that know? doesn't help, right? Yeah. yeah, because we see everybody's perfect picture of their homeschool room. We don't see the other, you know, 23 hours and 30 minutes of chaos in those homes, right? That's right. But that's what we keep in our minds. Yes. Here's this perfect, pristine homeschool room and I'm not doing it. So I failed. Yeah. And I think that's why, too. One of the things that I love about social media and how I grow my business on social media is I also show those raw moments. Mm-hmm. My kitchen sink is full of laundry. I are full of full of my kitchen <laughs> well, sink. I mean, laundry. We're raw and real no, here. Like, my kitchen <laughs> sink is full of dishes. <laughs> yeah. yep. I've got six baskets of laundry. This is what I'm doing. But when I'm doing my laundry, I'm doing my self-care with a face mask or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. So it's like, these are the raw moments. I had a hard day. Like moms, if you've got tips to deal with boys that are powerful children, (laughs) I'm all for it because I'm like butting heads with my oldest and just. We will leave contact information for Ashley in the show notes (laughs) so you can reach out to her and give her some tips. Oh my goodness. Because I do. My firstborn is a very powerful child. Like Mm. you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do it anyway. And we just, we clash and butt heads like no other because I am very much a type A personality. Mm -hmm. And for me, clutter drives me crazy. Okay. Put a homeschooler and then a clutter personality that just can't handle clutter and all the homeschool things. And I'm like, and six children. Yes. And six kids (laughs) and a husband who runs a business. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, my head is going to explode because there's these things everywhere. And then at the same time, I tell, I tell Gary, our home is a classroom. Our home is a classroom. It's a classroom. Every room in our house is a classroom. That's why all these things are everywhere. Mm. So I very much have to just, it's okay. Yeah. Just walk away. And it's away. that season thing, right? You always yes. hear about, what, yes. you know, those sad uh, memes out there about us. Oh, Someday they won't, you won't have a bed to make. Someday. Well, but that is true. It is true. You and I can, oh, are testament to that, Jenny, right? It is I mean, such truth. It even is with so six true. children, yeah. pretty soon, yeah. and you know from your oldest, pretty yes. soon they'll move on and mm-hmm. your house will be quiet and you can't, I can keep my house really, really clean now. Yeah. Kind of sad sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah. I was just having a conversation with another friend over the weekend and I, I said to her, you know, when we're prioritizing the kids over our spouse, you have to remember that at some point they're going to be gone. That's right. And when they are gone, if you and your spouse aren't on the same page, my mom has always said that, what do you have? Yeah. Mm. And, and I think after I got sick, that was another Mm. thing that it was now granted, it's very hard for us to find a babysitter. So (laughs) Gary and I don't get a lot of date nights right now in this season. And thankfully, yes, our oldest is getting old enough that he could babysit for short periods of time, but it's, 
locking yourself in the bedroom and getting the pint of ice cream, watching a show and just sharing really ice cream is. together, Absolutely. you know, yep. cause we've tried when they were a little bit younger, we've tried to do the takeout thing and have the dates and, oh, and yeah. all of that yep. stuff. But it was bang, bang, bang. Oh, Somebody's sure. always knocking on yep. the door and it's like, no, just uh-huh. go away for like a half hour. Like yeah. mom and dad are trying to eat a hot meal together without you. So, <laughs> you know, I love my children. Uh, I really, really do. But you have, if you are married, you have to prioritize your marriage in a self-care way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't, what do you have? That's right. What do you have when those kids are gone? And at some point your kids aren't going to want to hang out with you. <laughs> like they are going to get to the point where they're not going to want to oh, hang yeah. out with you. So if you're already strifing when they're older teenagers, you know, what do you have? Mm-hmm. It, isn't it misery? It's such a fine line. You know, we can really definitely, I'm doing a Bible study right now with some girls and we're reading through the book of Jeremiah. Can I just say we are living that book of Jeremiah right now, but here's another thing is when we sit back and, and the Lord would have impressed this on my heart years ago when my kids were little, right. Is stop worshiping the kids. And I thought, are you kidding me? Did it, maybe I just thought that. No, but it's true. We really do do that because there was a point when it was you and your husband and you were in love and you talked on the phone for hours and you did all these wonderful things. And for me, it was me in my apartment laying on the floor with my feet on my big, huge speaker, <laughs> talking to Joel for hours. Well, you fast forward, then you have kids, right? And he would call me when I was at work. I'd answer the phone. And the first thing out of my mouth would be, did Madeline poop? Because, <laughs> right, she was always constipated. And it hit me. This Madeline, thing, I'm sorry. I, I'm <laughs> we're sorry, Madeline. I equally said it about Noah as well. Did Noah poop? Did the kids poop today? But it's so easy to go to that before we say, how are you? Genuinely, how are you? Let's take this time. Let's, you know, does it ever change you know, we, we're, what we're always susceptible to putting our kids before everything, no matter how old your kids are, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's easy for us to do it now. And I would say more so when they're adults, right? Because now you're on holding your breath that it's all going to play out at the end of the day. And, um, building that relationship, this self-care thing, Talk about that. It has to involve your husband. I mean, not only do you need it, right? But just that, that self-care can even equal your husband. Yes, for sure. It's well, <laughs> we're keeping it, keep it PG. Yes. We'll, we'll keep it PG, we're talking but, marriages, you guys. Okay. How did the kids come about? That's what we want right? to know. What is your like, answer? This is health class, right? Biology. Self-care. That's how they came about. Right? Yeah. Self-care. <laughs> Noah, get the edit button ready. <laughs> but no, like you're, and not only that, but when you're doing self-care by yourself. Yeah you build that energy back up to be able to pour not just into your husband, but your kids as well. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing self-care together, whether it's eating a hot meal, you know, without the kids, it's locking yourself in the bedroom and eating that pint of ice cream where you're having conversation without the distraction. Um, You know, is it Uh, Once Gary started business, one thing that I started doing, not just keeping track of how many days he's been in business, but I really started thoughtfully praying for him. So Mm -hmm. I have a notebook on the counter and every night before I crawl into bed, even if it's two o'clock in the morning and I'm still up because I'm a night owl. So if I'm still awake, 
I will go to this notebook. I write the date, how many days he's been in business. I write what tasks he has. And then I write out a prayer. Mm. And I also write out, I believe in you. I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. Or like you're a warrior. I write things out for him. Mm. And if he's, if he gets up late, and there's no response. I know he was late or running late, <laughs> but he'll write like, I love you too. Or he'll write something in reply to that. So it's a, a journal for the two of you in a Basically. sense. Basically. That's so, cool. it, so we write, so I write out a prayer for him, mm-hmm. you know, whether it comes to God, just help us with these kids mm-hmm. to pour into them to, so they know your worth or pour into our marriage or a prayer for a friend or, mm-hmm. you know, business, whatever it is. So he has that to read because I know at the end of the day, there are times that he's just exhausted mm-hmm. and we'll start watching a show and in five minutes he passes out. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. He's tired, but it just starts his day. Right. Mm-hmm. And it starts my night. Mm-hmm right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I've, I've done. And there are some days that I forget, or, you know, I don't usually do the weekends because we're usually together, but you know, it's Monday through Friday. This is what he has. And like I said, sometimes he's able to read it if he's on time or if he's running behind, but you know, it's just, it's having that self-care foundation, mm-hmm. even for that. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's doing a devotional together where we're able to pull God into the situation and it's going to church. It's going to church together and making that a priority of pouring back into our marriage and pouring into our relationship. So, and it's allowing the kids to see that, you know, if he walks past me in the kitchen and gives me a kiss or whatever, my kids will be like, Oh, you're smoochy kissing again. <laughs> you know, like, Oh, you know, smoochy kisses. And it's just, we were together before you came around. So <laughs> yeah. like, right. You know, yeah. but it's, it's, it's definitely bringing them into that self care and, you know, allowing them the same courtesy, you know, if, he's not feeling the greatest or if he's exhausted, had a long day running the water for him to take a bath or, Mm -hmm. you know, grabbing whatever he needs. If he's in the shower, Hey, can you get that for me? Or, you know, whatever it is, it's putting each other first Mm -hmm. to then pour out to everybody else. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it, it makes that marriage better. Mm -hmm. You know, after he left corporate America, very rarely do we have any sort of squabble, if you will. But when he was in a, a job and then working business, we were fighting all the time because he was gone and it yeah. was just me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, we can't keep doing this. I'm burnt out. Like I'm just cooked. I'm done. Yeah. So it, it's definitely changed mm-hmm. the marriage when you can prioritize things like that. Sounds like a keyword be would be intentionality, right? Yes. In all things. Yes. Right. How you care for yourself, your marriage, and then pouring out to the kids as a result of that, not focusing on them, but yes. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Really good. Well, I think we covered it, Ashley. Unless you have some final thoughts for our listeners. I don't think so. Like it's it's making sure that you're making it intentional. 
like Tina said, making it intentional. When you make it intentional and you fill that cup back up, reading your Bible, doing scripture journaling, whatever that is, whatever it looks like for you, Mm -hmm. when you're intentional and your vessel is full, then you have something to give to everybody else around you. Be blessed. 